Hi, my name is Ismael. I'll be reading John 20, verses 19 through 31. When it was evening on that day, the first day of the week, and the doctors of the house where the disciples had met were locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and his side. Then the disciples rejoiced when they saw the Lord. Jesus said to them again, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I send you. When he had said this, he breathed on them and said to them, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you have forgiven the sins of any, they are forgiven them. If you retain the sins of any, they are retained. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands, and put my finger in the mark of the nails, and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out in your hand and put in my side. No doubt, do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet come to believe. Now Jesus did many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not written in this book. But these are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that through believing you may have life in his name. Thank you. Good morning, Harrison Church. He is risen. He is risen indeed. It is still Easter and happy Easter to you. It will continue to be Easter for a few weeks still, and, and I pray that this past week you were able to see evidence of new life and, in, and resurrection somewhere um, this past week as we celebrate Easter. I also want to thank you for all the encouraging uh, words that you continue to send our way as the staff works hard uh, to find new ways and creative ways to keep you connected uh, to each other and, uh, and to the church. Um, we have had some incredible uh, worship along the way, even doing it remotely or virtually, um, maintaining our distance, uh, as it were. Um, and I appreciate the uh, Izzy reading our text for us this morning. The story of resurrection and Easter Sunday continues as is the customary text on this, the Sunday after Easter, John continues um, in the, on the day of resurrection. We heard last week from um, Pastor Elizabeth uh, the story that is familiar to us of Mary visiting the tomb early that morning, finding it empty, and um, having an encounter with Jesus and going and telling that Christ is no longer dead, but has indeed been raised from the dead. And so in chapter 20, beginning with verse 19, as Izzy read, the story continues. It is still resurrection day. It is still uh, that first Easter. And so I want to begin with the end in mind. Because like all of the gospel writers, John begins his story knowing where he will finish. 
And he writes these words at the end of this chapter. These things are written so that you may come to believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and through believing you may have life in His name. That is the summary verse of John's entire gospel. So that you may believe Jesus, the Messiah, the Son of God, and have life in Him. This is the story of faith. Not just this particular passage that we're looking at today, but all of John's writing It's a story of faith. One of the the main themes throughout his writing is the word see or seeing or seen. John is writing a story of revelation. You know, I have mentioned over the last couple of weeks that John is more concerned about meaning than he is about events or details. And so he starts from the beginning with this end in mind that you may believe Jesus is the Son of God, the Messiah. And so on this Resurrection Sunday story, the empty tomb was discovered. Mary shared the news with Peter and John. They ran back to the tomb. They found it as she had said. And then later that evening... The disciples, meaning more than just the twelve, were huddled up behind locked doors in a room, some believed to be the room where they celebrated the Last Supper with the Lord, for fear of the Jews, and rightfully so, because earlier in John's writing, he would say uh, that the, the leaders, the temple leaders, the Jewish leaders threatened anyone who was to proclaim or to profess or witness to Jesus as being the Messiah. And as the story tells us, Jesus suddenly appears behind the locked doors among the disciples. The text tells us he stood among them. He greeted them. Peace be with you. Shalom would be the word that he used. And then revealing himself as the resurrected Christ, showing his wounds, his hands, his side. And then he breathed on them. This is John's version of Pentecost. He tells us that Jesus breathed the Holy Spirit onto the disciples that were in the room and commissioned them. As the Lord, as God has sent me, I also am sending you. This would be familiar uh, to Matthew's gospel, the Great Commission at the end. So in this short text, John has presented the resurrected Christ in bodily form, breathed the Holy Spirit onto the disciples, equipping them to do the work and the ministry they would be sent to do. 
He speaks peace, first of all, into their fears. They are disoriented and confused and, and they don't know what to think. This was, this was supposed to be the king of the Jews. This was supposed to be the one who was going to reestablish Israel. And it all came apart so quickly. They were locked behind doors in fear. And Jesus appeared and speaks peace into their lives and into those, that moment. Now, the problem is that Thomas is not with them. And so one week later, same place, same events, behind locked doors, the disciples have gathered, Jesus suddenly appears, greets them, peace be with you, and then he has this interchange with Thomas. Thomas encounters the resurrected Christ for himself. Jesus met his needs to see the nail marks on his hands and touch the place in his side. Now, scholars have debated for centuries whether or not Thomas actually took him up on his offer to touch him. But I don't necessarily think that's the main point to this text anyway. I think that Jesus knows our needs. He knows where our doubts are. He knows where our faith perhaps might be weakened. And by the power of the Holy Spirit, Jesus is able to find his way into those locked places of our lives. Now, given our current circumstances, as it is with every week, the preacher searches the text and tries to find some relevance to what's going on in our lives. Some say an application of the gospel to our everyday living. And given our circumstances, I think even a, a third-year seminarian would see the locked doors in light of our circumstances and know that that's easy pickings. It's now been almost six weeks since we were together and we're all under this stay-at-home order where we are spending more time in our homes, behind our closed doors and, and separate from each other. Jesus has the power to not only appear behind those closed doors and find us in those places wherever we are hanging out these days, but Jesus also has the power to penetrate those locked places of our lives, of our heart. There is an image um, that's been around for years where Jesus is standing on the outside of a closed door and knocking. And it's based on the passage that says uh, uh, that Jesus stands at the door knocking 
and whoever opens the door, he will come in. And that's my paraphrase. But I, but I think that, that John would have us to know that by God's grace, Jesus is able to move in beyond those locked doors, even if they are locked from the inside. To speak peace into those places where fear rests, where, where fear has taken up residence. And given our current circumstances, I think that Jesus has the power to meet us in our homes, even though we are not able to gather together as a community of faith. And we've heard from you that um, all of the ways that we have continued to offer um, the, the disciplines of the faith, prayer and, and music and praise and worship and study, you may actually be finding yourself thinking more about God and more about your relationship with Christ and, and more about your faith than those times when we are busy going about our daily tasks. Thomas's absence was interpreted early on by the church as a message of how our faith is strengthened when we are together. That Thomas came to his doubts by his absence from the community. And, and so I do think it's important in these times that we find ways to be together even remotely that we call one another, that we send cards, that we exchange prayer concerns, that we worship online, that we hold our Zoom meetings and Bible studies so that our faith is maintained, if not strengthened. And so I would ask you today, six weeks into this somewhat uh, isolating time, how is your faith Where are you finding doubts creeping in? How is your faith being stretched? And I wouldn't say tested, because tested implies a, a, a pass or fail or a go, no go, but our faith is, is le- living It's breathing, it's active, it's growing, it's being transformed. And so the events of our lives, the practices of our faith, the disciplines of the faith have a way of of strengthening our faith even as it ebbs and flows. John wants us to see and this is critical to our faith, that the crucified Christ is the resurrected Christ. In both of those texts, both of those passages, both of those verses, Jesus says, see my hands, see 
my side. John may be addressing what not too far much later, not too much later uh, in the church, uh, became the idea that Jesus only appeared spiritually, only appeared as a ghost. And I think John is trying to address that by the time he got around to writing his gospel. And, he, and he's saying, no, Jesus was resurrected bodily from the dead. His wounds were not healed They were still visible. This resurrected Jesus is the same crucified Jesus. And I think that is paramount to coming to faith. Because if Jesus was not bodily raised from the dead and he simply moved about as a spirit, as a ghost, appearing and disappearing, then we might lose our hope in our own resurrection, our own bodily resurrection, Jesus was raised bodily from the dead. And the evidence is the, his hands and his side. And so Thomas kind of gets a bad rap here where he has been forever known as Doubting Thomas. But that's not the case. In fact, you can go back and look at the text. They all had their doubts. Mary didn't believe at first until she encountered Jesus when she thought he was the gardener. Peter and John didn't believe when they saw the empty tomb, but they came to believe when they saw Jesus standing in in their presence. And Thomas simply wanted what, the luxury of what they already had, his own personal encounter with this resurrected Christ. And so the truth is, Thomas is the one who confesses belief in Christ in this moment. Each gospel has someone who who professes or claims or confesses who Jesus is. In one gospel, it was this centurion. In this case, Thomas says, my Lord and my God, he makes the good confession. So John allows the one who we call doubting Thomas to be the only one in his gospel who confesses. Jesus as Lord. And this is the same language that would have been used for the emperor at the time. And so there is this reordering happening in this moment where Thomas professes Jesus as Lord. It's no longer the emperor. It's no longer the government. It's no longer the authorities of the temple. Jesus my Lord and my God, and life will never be the same. Thomas was able to see Christ in the way that he needed in order 
to come to a full experience of faith and confess it boldly. And Jesus said to Thomas, Blessed are those who will see, who, have, who, who will believe and yet have not seen. We don't have the luxury of seeing Jesus' resurrected body in human form, to see the wounds of his hands and his side. This is who Jesus was talking about when he said, Blessed are those who will not see me and yet come to believe. I have this piece of paper that's been uh, on the mirror in my bedroom for more years than I can even count or remember. And I don't know exactly where in my spiritual life uh, it became a part of my story. But I see it most days, and I think it sums up, this is Paul's way of saying what Thomas is saying here, or what Jesus hopes for us. From Hebrews 11, now faith is confidence in what we hope for and assurance about what we do not see. Faith without seeing is faith indeed. Let us pray. God, we thank you for faith and for the grace that moves us to it. God, for the way that Jesus shows up in those locked places of our lives, behind those closed doors, where we come to an experience with Christ that helps us to come fully to belief and confess Jesus as our Lord and our God. Strengthen us in this time of separation and worshiping at a distance, Lord, that we might come out the other side stronger than ever. In Jesus' name, amen. I thought it would be good for us to close with the, uh, the good confession. Those of you who worship in the traditional space on a regular basis, you will know these words. Uh, for others, uh, they may be familiar to you as well. But let us confess our faith using the words of the church, the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, His only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. The third day He rose from the dead and ascended into heaven and sitteth at the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, 
and the resurrection of the body and the life everlasting. Amen. Easter continues. Find resurrection wherever you are. See the risen Christ before you. I pray that your faith may be strengthened to make the good confession. My Lord and my God, go in peace.